If you have your Bible or however you access the scripture this morning, turn with me over to the book of Luke, the 22nd chapter, Luke chapter 22. We're going to read a couple of verses from the book of Luke. And um, I'm going to do something this morning that I don't often do. Uh, in fact, I've just done it a few times throughout my ministry. And that is preach a two-part series um, of messages. But I want you to turn there to Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and verse 32. This is Jesus speaking here in the scripture. The Bible said, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, that's pay attention. That's listen up. Behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And I'm going to stop right there this morning and uh, ask that you bow your heads and we're going to ask the Lord for his help in ministering the word. Father, in Jesus' name, we do come. We thank you this morning, Lord, for the opportunity that you have granted to us to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you this morning for the songs of worship that have ascended toward heaven in your very presence, for the presence of the Lord that we have felt and that has touched our hearts. We are grateful. We come now to the reading of your word, and I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will help me to convey what I feel like you have put down in my spirit. I would ask this morning, Lord, that you would enable me, that you would inspire my thoughts, put your word in my mouth, and let that word come forth this morning under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and the anointing of the Holy Ghost that destroys every yoke of bondage. Give us liberty in the house of the Lord to speak as an instrument in your hand. Of my own ability, I am inadequate. But if you will bless me to be a blessing, if you will touch me and enable me, then your people will be blessed. And for these things we ask and we pray them in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone in agreement said amen. amen. So I want to title my message this morning, What to Think When You Don't Know What to Think. Have you ever been there? What to think when you don't know what to think. As I begin this morning, I want to share with you some of the context of the verses that we have read or the scriptures that we have read in their context or the backdrop for the scriptures that we have read. This was the night that Jesus had sat down with his disciples to partake of the Last Supper, the Passover meal. This would be the night that Jesus would be betrayed with a kiss. This would be the night that he would kneel in Gethsemane and pray until his sweat became, as it were, great drops of blood. The same night that he would be arrested and sent to Pilate's Hall and be condemned to die. 
And no sooner here in our verses, no sooner had they finished the Passover or the Last Supper. And Jesus says to the disciples, behold, the hand of him that betrays me is on the table. And the Bible tells us that the disciples began to look at one another and began to examine one another and ask themselves who would do such a thing? Who would betray the Lord? The scriptures also tell us that while they were inquiring among themselves as to who would do such a thing, there were certain of the disciples arguing over who was the greatest among them. Now stop and think about that for a moment here. Jesus is facing certain death. He is facing the certainty of the cross. And all that some of them can think about is which one is more important than the other and who is greater than the other. And it seems to me that in this moment that Jesus is trying to teach them something, they are going to miss the significance of the moment because they are preoccupied with something else. I wonder how many times, beloved, we have missed the hand of God or the voice of God in our life because we were preoccupied with something else. Amen? At any rate, here in the context of this scripture, Jesus looks at Peter and he says to him, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I love this part. Jesus said, but I have prayed for you. Amen. Don't you know this morning that the Lord is always at the right hand of the Father, the Bible says, and he is making intercession, which means that he is praying for you and I. He's praying for us. He's holding us up before the Father. Jesus said, but I have prayed for thee that your faith fail you not. And when thou art converted, strengthen your brethren. I want to point out to you this morning that the enemy, Satan, has that same desire for all of us. He desires to sift us as wheat. I would remind you this morning that John chapter 10 and verse number 10, the Bible said that the thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus goes on to say, but I am come that you might have life and that you have it more abundantly. But he clearly tells us that the thief does not come except for one purpose. He comes to kill, he comes to steal, he comes to rob, he comes to diminish and destroy. We must understand this morning that our adversary has but one objective in mind for all of us. And that one objective is to come to steal our faith. He comes to kill our joy. And he comes to destroy our confidence in God. His greatest desire is to sift us and separate us from God. 
But he can only do that if we allow him this morning. The word sift. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you. That he may sift you as wheat. That word sift in the Greek means to shake, to filter, or to separate, or to put through a sieve. The picture that Jesus is describing is that it is the desire of the enemy to shake and to sift the disciples, to separate them and detach them from the lessons that they had learned under the ministry of Jesus for the last three and a half years. He was saying that the enemy has come to test them and to try them and to prove that they were not legitimate or genuine wine in their faith or he was going to endeavor to prove their disloyalty unto God I come to tell you this morning that the enemy comes to do us the same way day in and day out and when he finds a place where he can't have victory he searches for another avenue And he searches for another avenue. And yet another avenue. How many of you know he does not give up? Hello? Jesus tells Peter that his test is going to be a test of faith. And I submit to you this morning that all of us are going to face some moments in our life and some situations and some circumstances where our our faith is going to be tested. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 2, the Bible said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. What Peter was saying was brace yourself. You're in for it. It's coming. If you ain't had it yet, hang on. You're about to endure a test of your faith. Don't think it's strange. Don't be shocked. We shouldn't be shocked when the enemy comes along with a test or trial to try to upset our our apple cart. Amen. We are not ignorant of his devices. Can you say amen? We know that he's going to come at us and most likely he will come at us at our most vulnerable place. And we all got them. Can you say amen? Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. He's coming at us. Jesus tells Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. And look at what Peter says. He boldly declares, not so, Lord. Everybody else may forsake you and everybody else may turn their back upon you, but not me. Jesus looks at Peter and says, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Peter didn't think so. 
I want you to see that. Peter thought that he would be able to stand the test. Peter thought that he would be able to endure. And Jesus looks at him and in essence says, you need to think again. Because before the rooster crows tonight, you're going to deny me three times. Beloved, when we face uncertainties and we face reservations and we are faced with tribulations and trials and we don't know what to think, let me give you three small pieces of advice. Stop, pray, and think again. Hello? Stop, pray, and think again. This past week, I'm going to get real with you for a moment. This past week I was praying and I said to the Lord, I don't have an answer. And I, and I honestly, Lord, I don't even know what to think. Have you ever prayed that way? The Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, when you don't know what to think, let me tell you what to think. Amen. Hello? And all week long, I couldn't get that out of my mind. All week long, the Holy Spirit just began to deal with me and, and began to deal with me and began to deal with me about certain areas of life, not just my life, but everyone's life, that I believe we all have one way of thinking, and sometimes we need to rethink what we are thinking, amen, and sometimes we don't know what to think at all, and that's when we need to rely on the Holy Spirit to give us the answers, and all week long, the message that I started preparing grew and grew and grew and grew and grew and grew until I said to my wife the other day, there is no way I'm going to get all of this out in one service. So this morning, I have seven areas that I believe that the Holy Spirit has spoke to my heart about for all of us. And this morning, we're just going to cover three of those areas. And where we leave off today, we will begin next Sunday, if the Lord tarries. So consider with me number uh, the, the three things that I want to speak to you about this morning. Amen. The three things that I feel like I want to bring out to you today, and then we'll cover four things next Sunday. But the first thing that I want to discuss with you is when you think it doesn't matter, think again. When you think it doesn't matter, think again. How many of you have ever come to a place in your life where you didn't have the answer and you didn't know what to do and so you just simply said to yourself in frustration, oh, it just doesn't matter. Hello? Well, think again. It does matter. Have you ever found yourself involved in something that you shouldn't be involved in? And so you tried to convince yourself that what you were doing really didn't matter. Think again. When you think it doesn't matter, think again. It does. The Lord spoke to me four bullet points that I want to put under this heading. When you think it doesn't matter, think again. So I have four bullet points. And that first point is this. When you think that sin doesn't matter, 
think again. Oh, but it's just a little thing. Hello? When you think that sin doesn't matter, think again. We all need to understand that sin will separate us from God. What separated the fellowship of Adam and Eve in the garden? Amen. What separated them from the walks in the evening with God himself? What separated their sin? The Bible said if we regard iniquity in our heart that God will not hear our prayer. Why? Because sin will always separate us from God. Understand that sin does not separate us from the love of God. But sin will always separate us from fellowship with God. It's just a little thing. It doesn't really matter. Sin can be so deceptive, and yet it can have such devastating effects in our life, even when we think it's just a little thing. Here's what the Bible says about even little sin. Song of Solomon chapter 2 and verse number 15. The Bible says it is the little foxes that spoils the vine. Here's what Paul said in Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 9. He said a little leaven leavens the whole lump or a little yeast will affect the whole loaf of bread. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 6. Paul said your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. And what Paul is saying is that in the same way that a small amount of yeast will have an effect on a whole loaf of bread just a small amount of sin in our life will affect our relationship with God unrepentant sin will always affect our spiritual growth how many of you want to grow in the Lord day by day amen sin will hinder that growth Unrepentant sin will affect our joy because when we are walking in sin, we are going to have a cloud of condemnation hanging over our head. Hello? And I promise you the enemy is not going to let you forget what you have done. He is the accuser of the brethren and he will walk around all day long tapping on your shoulder and telling you how vile you are. And it will destroy your joy in the Lord. And the Bible clearly tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so if the enemy can destroy your joy, he'll take all of the fight right out of you. Hmm. Unrepentant sin will affect our peace of mind. Because we know that our heart is not right in the sight of God. And I'm here to tell you this morning, when you think that sin doesn't matter, think again. It does. Don't make excuses for your sin. Don't make excuses for the sin in your life. Don't ignore the danger of the hardships that it can bring by refusing to acknowledge and repenting of it. The Bible said that the wages of sin are death. And you may not have a payday today, but I guarantee you there's a payday that's coming. 
Amen. Sin will separate us from the Lord. Somebody may be here this morning and saying, Pastor Gary, can you give me a definition for sin? I can with one verse. With one verse, James 4, 17. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it is sin. That's the definition of sin. If you know to do good and you don't do it, you are sinful. Hello? Now the good news of this is the Bible said that Jesus came to forgive us of our sins. And 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 says if we will confess our sin, he is faithful just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we don't have to have a sin problem in our life. Amen. We just need to rely upon the Lord. But when you think that sin doesn't matter, think again. It matters. The second bullet point that I want to point out to you this morning is when you think that your attitude doesn't matter, think again. When you think that your attitude doesn't matter, think again. You can either live your life as negative Nancy or like my wife, who I call Molly Sunshine. But I will tell you this right up front. Your attitude is going to have a profound effect upon your life. A profound effect. Charles Swindoll says these words, and I quote, We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing that we can do is play, he says, on the one string that we have, and that is our attitude. He goes on to say, I am convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. Hello. Attitude matters. I have always told my boys as they were growing up, you cannot control what someone else does, but you can control how you react to it. Amen. And what I came to tell you this morning is that your attitude makes a difference. Amen. Attitude matters. Paul, writing from a prison cell in Rome, he wrote these words about the kind of attitude that a Christian should have. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 27, Paul says these words, Let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel. Stand fast in spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. What he's saying and what he is telling us uh, is that no matter uh, what unexpected disruptions we may face, uh, no matter the frustrations or the difficulties uh, that come our way, we need to respond with a Christ-like attitude. Mm. 
Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 5. Paul says a little later in the book of Philippians, have this mind or let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Amen. Which means that our attitude should be the same as the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me just remind you this morning that Jesus maintained a perfect attitude in every situation. Amen. And I'll tell you why. Because he prayed about everything and he didn't worry about anything. Hello? And that's what we should do. His attitude. He never became defensive. He never became discouraged. He never became depressed. Amen. Because his goals were to please the Father and not to achieve his own agenda. In the midst of trials, he was patient. In the midst of suffering, he was hopeful. In the midst of blessings, he was humble. In the midst of ridicule and abuse and hostility, he made no threat. And he made no attempt to retaliate. I came to tell you this morning that you and I ought to have the same kind of attitude. When you think that your attitude doesn't matter, think again. It matters. It matters. It matters. And not the kind of attitude, you know, like our children cop sometime. Okay, I'll obey you, bud. I'll let you know I'm not happy about it. Hello? I'm going to just turn them over here knee and work that attitude right out of them. Attitude matters. When you think that your attitude doesn't matter, think again. Number three, the third bulletin point that the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me about. When you think that your choices that you make don't matter, think again. Amen. Choices with our friendships, with our relationships. Again, I have always told my children when they were growing up, if you run with dogs, you're going to wind up with fleas. Hello? Amen. Choices between right and wrong. Life is all about choices. We are the total sum of our decisions. Some some people hit hard times and they want to blame it on somebody else. Let me just tell you this morning. Amen. Some of the things that we are going through is not because mama didn't bake us cookies and daddy didn't take us fishing. Some of the stuff that we go through is our own fault because of our own choices. Quit trying to blame it on somebody else and take responsibility for being in the driver's seat yourself. I don't want to point, but I'm telling you. We are responsible for our choices. Choices matter. <laughs> when, I was, when I was putting together this sermon, that's, that ACDC song come to my mind. Highway to hell. And I'm like, well, you're the one in the driver's seat. If you're on a highway to hell, turn around. Go a different direction. <laughs> Hello? Amen. That's the good news in this. You are in the driver's seat. You have a choice in which way you want to go. If you want to go on a path that leads to destruction, it's a wide, broad road. And there's a lot of people on it. Hook them up and head them out. 
out, sweetheart. You are captain of your vessel. But if you want to have something that's special and life and tranquility and peace and joy, then, amen, there's another road that leads to life everlasting. Amen. But you got to make the right kind of choices to get on that highway. Amen. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and verse 8. This is what it says. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. He goes on to say, he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. And he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Paul is saying that whatever you choose to sow, good choices or bad choices, you might as well brace yourself because you are going to inherit a harvest. And yes, God's grace is sufficient to forgive. But I'm going to tell you this morning, amen, oftentimes, uh, amen, we can be forgiven of the act of sin, but we are going to have to deal with the harvest. We're going to have to deal with the consequences of our actions. And I know a lot of people, including myself, I've sat around at times and prayed for crop failure. Because I sold one thing and I didn't want to inherit, amen, what I sold. Hello? But it doesn't work that way. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, that shall you also reap. Amen. Listen to Job chapter 4 and verse 8. They that plow iniquity and sow in wickedness shall reap the same. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse number 15. This is what Moses told the people when he knew that he was about to pass from the scene. This is what he said. See, I have set before you this day life and good, death and evil. In verse 19 of chapter 30, he said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he goes on to say, choose life that you and your children may live in good pleasure of God. Amen. When you think that your choices don't matter, think again. Bullet point number four. <laughs> Are you sure about this one, Lord? Okay. Bullet point number four. When you think that missing church doesn't matter, think again. Hello? And I'm preaching to the choir here. Hello? When you think that missing church doesn't matter, think again. Understand that I do not believe that there is some uh, prerequisite in the word that declares, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, attend church every Sunday and you shall be saved. I know that's not in there. That's not what it says. And I do not believe that you have to attend church in order to be saved. However... Here's what the Bible does say. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 25. This is what it says. Forsake not. Everybody say forsake not. 
the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another in so much more as you see the day approaching. Let me read to you the God's word translation. It says, do not forsake or do not stop gathering together with other believers as some of you are doing instead. Amen. We must continue to encourage one another and lift one another up even more as we see the day of the Lord coming and there are two things that are revealed to us in that one verse the house of the Lord amen should not be forsaken number one and number two it reveals that when we come together as a body of believers we are to encourage one another Mm. Amen. And let me just tell you something this morning. When we sever ourselves from the body of Christ and we forsake the house of the Lord and we fail to assemble with those who encourage us and where we find spiritual nourishment ministered to us, amen, it is our spirit that languishes. It is our, I, I, I have said it this way, clip a a limb off of a tree, lay the branch down and walk away and come back later and find out which one died. Hello? The one that was separated from the rest of the body. When you think that attending the house of the Lord doesn't matter, think again. It does matter. Amen. Every service, every service, and I, you know, when I was growing up, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a matter, are we going to church today? We were going to church. Hello? Amen. When I was growing up, I didn't have to get up in the morning and ask mom and dad, are we going to church today? Nope. I knew we were going to church. My boys grew up the same way. Amen. We were going to church. I mean, if, if we weren't away uh, on vacation or if we weren't away working or if we weren't sick or whatever, if we didn't have a reasonable, you know, reason for why we weren't in the house of God, we were in the house of the Lord. And I'll tell you something really important about being that way. Every single sermon that I preach may not affect your heart. It may not minister to you the way it ministers to someone else. And if you come one Sunday and you're not really gloriously ministered to and then you miss a couple of Sundays and come again and that message wasn't for you, you just sort of start languishing. Every week I pray, God, what can I bring? What would you have me to bring? And there are times that the Holy Spirit speaks uh, into my heart to speak something very specific. And if you're not there and you needed it, you missed it. It's like mama sitting down and baking a big, beautiful meal and saying, it's time for supper. And then you show up later going, I'm hungry. Mm, You missed it. Hello? Amen. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. 
If you think that missing the house of the Lord doesn't matter, think again. So the first point that I have, amen, that I want to bring to you is when you think that it doesn't matter, think again. It does. The four bulletin points, when you think that sin doesn't matter, think again. When you think that your attitude doesn't matter, think again. When you think that your choices do not matter, think again. When you think that missing church doesn't matter, think again. And the second thing that the Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart that I want to bring to you is when you think that it all depends upon you, think again. It doesn't. When you think that it all depends upon you, often we get the feeling that it's all on us. Everything depends upon us. We are the provider. We are the leader of our household. We are the one that everyone looks to for the answer. And if we're not careful, that mentality will cause us to take on the weight of the world. Hello? Ladies, you that are here this morning, no doubt as a wife, as a mother, an employee, and all the other hats that you have to wear uh, throughout the week, no doubt that life can sometimes feel a little bit overwhelming. And you get to feeling like it's all on me. As a husband, a father, an employee of a property that I manage, and as a pastor, oftentimes I am the go-to guy. I am the guy that has your back. I'm the guy that they call, amen, at 3 o'clock in the morning and, and ask for prayer. I'm the, I'm the guy that, and amen, I'm the guy that they turn to for answers and advice, and I'm the guy, amen, that they turn to for help and backing. And, and sometimes, I'll just tell you right up front, it can feel very overwhelming. But it is in those moments that I must remind myself, it is not all upon me. In fact, I can carry very little of it. But it is all in the hands of the Lord. Because when I can't, he can when my limitations begin to shine through, his anointing comes alongside to enable. Amen. Amen. When we get to feeling like it's all on us, amen, we need to stop and think again and say, Lord, amen, I'm not the provider. You are my provider. You are my provision. I'm not the leader. I'm just following your footsteps. Amen. It's not on me. It's on you. Hallelujah. When you think that it's all upon you, think again. If you think this morning that your circumstances and the answers to your situations are dependent upon you, then you are going to live a life that is stressed out, a life of worry and a life of hopelessness. It's not on you. The Bible clearly tells us that the steps of a good man or a woman are ordered of the Lord. 
Amen. Just relax. Rest in him. Amen. Understand that whatever you are facing is not dependent upon your resources. It's not dependent upon your intellect. It's not dependent upon your scholarly knowledge. It's not dependent upon your strength. But it is dependent upon God. And God is greater than our circumstances. And what we need to learn is learn how to rest in him Hmm. he is our provider he is our leader he is our strength he is our father and it is not all on us even when it comes to our salvation amen you know I didn't start this salvation journey on my own he walked by and said I choose you the Bible said that we didn't choose him he chose us and he that begun a good work in us will perform it to the end he that begun a good work in us if you think your salvation is dependent upon your performance then I came to tell you this morning it is not dependent upon you he started this good work in your life and it is he that will see it through to the end amen 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 when you think that it doesn't matter think again Number two, when you think it depends upon you, think again. Number three, when you think that no one cares, think again. When you think that no one cares, think again. They do. Now, I will tell you this right up front. Folks that care may not be the people that you thought would care. Because some of the folks that you thought would care don't care. Uh, Hello? But there are people that care. There are people that care about what you are struggling with. There are people that care about what you are going through. There are people that care about your tender heart. There are people that care about your wounded spirit. There are people that care about you. And above all, God cares. Above all, our Heavenly Father cares. I love this scripture in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 49, verse 15 and verse 16. And this is what it says. This is what God speaks through the prophet. He says, can a woman forget her sucking child? That she should not have compassion Upon the son of her womb. The prophet is saying, can a woman, a young mother nursing a baby, can a young mother not have compassion upon her nursing child or the son of her womb? And then God goes on to say, yea, they may forget. Yea, a, a, a young mother or a mother may not have compassion. That may happen. It's far-fetched, but it may happen. And yet, I will not forget you. I will not forget you. He goes on to say in verse 16, Behold, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. 
When you start to feel like you are forsaken, when you start to feel like no one cares, when you, amen, get to thinking, amen, that no one cares. I got news for you. You need to think again. God cares so much that he engraved your name on the palm of his hand. Hmm. Psalms chapter 55 and verse number 22. This is what the scripture says. It says, cast your burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee and he shall never suffer the foot of the righteous to be moved. First Peter chapter five and verse number seven says, cast all of your care upon him because he cares for you. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, fear thou not for I am with thee be not dismayed for I am thy God I will strengthen thee yea I will help thee and yea I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness Mm. he cares for us Matthew chapter 28 verse number chapter 11 verse number 28 he says come unto me All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. Sometimes we get to thinking that we need to get away from it all in order to find rest. Let me me explain something to you this morning. Rest is not a place. Rest is a person. Amen, because I've done it. I have done it. I've thought to myself, if I could just go from here and go there and just rest. And I packed my bag, climbed on a plane, and flew from here and went there. And when I got off the plane there, I found out that I'd not only packed my suitcase, but I'd packed all my worries and all my headaches and all my heartache, and I still couldn't sleep at night. Hello? Because rest is not found in a place. It's found in a person. It's found in Jesus Christ. He said, come to me and I will give you rest. And he gives us rest because he cares. When we begin to feel like no one cares, I encourage you this morning to crawl up in the lap of your father. He loves you, the Bible says, with an everlasting love. He cares so much about each one of us that the Bible says that the very hairs of our head are numbered. Amen. Now that's, I mean, that's personal interest in your life. When he numbers the very hairs of your head. Let me give you a quick recap and then I'm going to try and close. When you think that it doesn't matter, think again. It does. When you think that sin doesn't matter, it matters. When you think that your attitude doesn't matter, it matters. When you think that the choices that you make do not matter, think again. It matters. When you think that missing church doesn't matter, think again, it matters. When you think it all depends on you, think again, it doesn't. Talk about letting a weight off of your shoulders right there. 
When you think that no one cares, think again. They do. God cares. People care. Maybe you are here this morning and you have secretly said, it doesn't matter. My sin doesn't matter. It's just a little thing. It will eventually affect your life. It will grow and grow and grow like yeast within a mixture of bread dough until it permeates the whole loaf. It matters. Maybe you've said my attitude doesn't matter. My choices really don't matter. My faithfulness doesn't matter. Think again. It matters. Maybe you're here and you have been feeling like everything depends on you or like no one cares. I came to help you understand God cares. God's strength is our source of refuge. Bow your heads all over the building this morning, if you will, please. Heavenly Father, thank you that we matter to you. Thank you that we matter to you. That you are concerned about our heartaches, our, our headaches. <laughs> You're concerned about our failures, our shortcomings, and our 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 humility in all of the areas of our life. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we matter to you so much so that the hairs of our head are numbered. Help us this morning, I pray, O oh Lord, to understand that it matters, that it's not all dependent upon us, that you are our source and as we look to you, you will supply all of our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Help us to understand that you care even when others seemingly do not. Help us to know, Lord, that you care. Speak to our hearts through these words I pray this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Would you be willing just to slip up your hand this morning and say, Pastor Gary, what you preached this morning was for me. I needed to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, hands lifted. Hands lifted, hands lifted. Stand to your feet this morning, if you will, please, and bow your heads and let me pray for those that lifted their hands. Next week, I'm going to take up where we left off and I want to bring four more areas to our attention that I feel like the Holy Spirit has laid upon my heart to bring to you. I encourage you to come. If, if at all possible, come and be a part of that service. Bow your heads and let us pray for those that lifted their hands. Heavenly Father, thank you for speaking to us the words that we specifically need to hear. You saw every hand that was lifted and you know for what purpose it was lifted. 
I pray right now, Lord, that you would touch the hearts of these that have heard and these that have acknowledged that you have spoke to their heart through the lifting of their hand. Minister to them, I ask, O oh God. Allow your Holy Spirit to just illuminate what has been spoken. Let it be like food to the natural body that gives us nourishment. Let your word nourish their spirit. Let it strengthen their heart and strengthen their walk. Let it strengthen their relationship in you, I ask. And I pray these things in the name of the Lord Jesus and give you thanks for them in his name.